everybody. Welcome to the first episode of Shooting It Straight with the Rosses. We're really excited to share this podcast with you. It's been a long time coming. I feel like God put it on our hearts back in probably March of this year. And um, we've just been preparing for it and trying to get all the technical stuff lined out. And so finally, we're ready to share it with you. So thank you so much for uh, just tuning in. And uh, we really hope that this a little bit of sharing with our family is something that encourages you and inspires you and your family to kind of do the same thing. Just sit around with the Word, um, spend some time worshiping, uh, reading the Bible, and um, just sharing with each other what you feel like God's speaking to you and, um, you know, the things that you feel like He's put on your heart for each other. So, kind of the purpose and the goal behind this podcast, and I'm here with my family, and so we're, we're missing one member. My daughter, Erica, uh, doesn't live here in the house with us, so she probably won't be on a lot of these, but we have invited her to join us anytime she'd like to. Uh, but here, I have my husband. Hi, I'm Chuck. And? Jake. I'm the youngest. He's our baby. And so uh, we're just really excited. We uh, had a little bit of a uh, time in the Word before we got started here, and Jake's got a quote that he wanted to share. And uh, we're just kind of going to build off of that. And really, it's just a general conversation that we have as a family. Um, and we're inviting you into our home to have it with us. Yeah, so uh, this is the quote. It's from Andrew Murray. It says, The insignificances of daily life are the tests of eternity because they prove what spirit really possesses us. I think that's an awesome quote myself. I think that... Um, I think early in my stages in Christianity, I think a lot of times I uh, I went and played church a lot, you know, went to church, worshiped God on Sunday, and of course lived like hell Monday through Saturday, but um, I think it's so important that we don't just serve God on a Sunday, but it's every day, you know, whenever we're going through our, our weekday, um, whenever trials hit us, whenever tribulations hit us, or even if just boredom hits us. What are we pursuing? What are we um, What are we seeking in life? Is it spiritual realities, or is it um, is it our own selfish gain, or is it just it doesn't even have to be bad things? I guess it's just things that don't equivalent uh, equivalent to eternal treasures. I guess you know. So, what do you guys think about that? Yeah, I think that it speaks to uh, where your heart really lays, like. You know, is your heart invested in the Lord? Are you thinking of good and heavenly things, things from above? Or, you know, like you said, are you more busy watching TV or doing other things? Not necessarily bad things, just things that just aren't from God. Yeah. And over a time, I think those things can affect us. Because, again, it's not that they're bad. It's not like you are not can't watch TV. Right. But I think overexposure to what we're constantly being fed through TV can affect our spiritual walk. Because we're constantly, I feel like, we are constantly receiving information, whether we know it or not. Whether we're, when we're watching TV, we're being shown what to wear, what to eat, what's appropriate, what's inappropriate, what's politically correct. I mean, you see political agendas on TV all the time. This isn't just an attack on TV, but, you know, throughout, you know, going through Walmart and places like that, I think if we're constantly just being bombarded with all this stuff telling us what is true, but it's not, I think it'll affect us because the only thing that's true is what's written in this Word. A lot of those things, you know, 
can affect our, the way we view life, and I think perspective determines reality. So, well, I think when uh, when I looked at this quote, it the first word that really stood out to me says the insignificances of daily life. Yeah, it's those little things that um, are seemingly insignificant, our little fleeting thoughts when we're doing nothing, are uh, you know when we're sitting around just kind of numb maybe and and yeah. our minds just wandering um, you know where what is our mind wandering to and and it says that's what proves what spirit really possesses us and I think whenever I do a self-check I want to find myself thinking about the things of God I want to find myself you know thinking about people that um, that I need to lift up in prayer I want to think about the scripture that I read earlier in the day or I want to think about and I, I haven't, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just sitting here. I could be spending time with God. You know, if, if I find myself in those seemingly insignificant moments, um, I don't want to fill them with a bunch of junk that doesn't have anything to do with anything that's really, truly important with an eternal perspective. And it's not like you can't have fun. It's not like you can't, you know, scroll through Facebook or watch TV or movie or whatever. Um, but I think it's, it's something that you do over an extended period of time repetitively that becomes more like habits. And when the Bible talks about taking your thoughts captive, I think when, when we do that effectively, we'll find those insignificant things are, are more pure and yeah. more uh, eternity-minded. Yeah. You know, so. And I think it makes all the difference, too, when we do those things with God. Yeah. That we're not putting them in a box. That when we watch TV, that we bring him with us. You know, I, I usually have a small conversation with God going when I'm watching TV. You know, or he'll speak to me through something on there. You know, he can use secular movies and things like that. Like you know, I know for Star Wars and things like that. Like there's been a lot of times I'll be you know, like even like the midi chlorians and things like that, talking about you know spiritual realities in there that he can speak to me. But it's watching it with God. You know, and not just doing something compartmentalizing him somewhere different. You know, I think it, it makes all the difference, again, what spirit really possesses us, that we're constantly keeping him on the forefront of our mind. Yeah. Well, even the Bible talks about what you put into your eye gates and your ear gates. And I think when it comes down to it, when you're squeezed in your everyday life, whether it be trials, tribulations, or just everyday thing, what's coming out? When you're squeezed, what's coming out of you? Yeah. So, you know, it's going to be whatever you're putting in. If you're putting junk in, junk's going to come out. If you're putting good stuff in, good stuff's going to naturally come out. I agree. Well, a lot of that conversation took us to uh, to Romans 8. And, uh, man, it's just such a great chapter. Um, Jake started talking a little bit earlier about uh, something here in Romans 8, and I looked down and just had to laugh because that's where my Bible was open to. Uh, you know, and I was just kind of thinking along those same yeah. lines, too. So I was just going to take a little walk through Romans 8 and... See where it leads us. Yeah. Do we want to read from the beginning or just for the places we highlighted? Whatever you think. Okay. We can read it. I mean, it's a good chapter. It is. It's a little lengthy, but. That's all right. It's our podcast to deal with it. <laughs> um, so now the case is closed. This is the Passion Translation. So now the case is closed. There remains no accusing voice of condemnation against those who are joined in life union with Jesus. The Anointed One. For the law of the spirit of life, flowing through the anointing of Jesus, has liberated us from the law of sin and death. For God achieved what the, what the law was unable to accomplish, because the law was limited by the weakness of human nature. 
Yet God sent us his son in human form to identify with human weakness. That's awesome. Clothed with humanity, God's son gave his body to be uh, the sin offering. So that uh, God could once and for all condemn the guilt of power and of the power. Holy cow. For, yeah, the guilt and power of sin. So now every righteous requirement of the law can be fulfilled through the anointed one living his life in us. And we are free to live not according to our flesh, but by the dynamic power of the Holy Spirit. Can we pause there for just a second? Yeah. Um, I, I read this a while back and and I highlighted and had little you know, marks all around the word dynamic. And it made me think of, of Robbie Dawkins. Mm -hmm. And he, I, I'm sure it was this verse that he was talking about the dynamic power of the Holy Spirit. And the, the word dynamic there comes from... Um, uh, was it Dunamis? Yeah, Dunamis. Yeah. And so that's the word that like we get our word dynamite from. It's explosive. And it's just exciting to think about the fact that we have this explosive power of the Holy Spirit available to us through... Christ's sacrifice. Like he, he suffered and, and died so that we could have that. And it's not just like enough power to get through the day. It's like enough power to walk by a sick person, pray for him, and see God heal them. It's enough power to see a dead person raised or, you know, a, a leper, you know, have perfect skin and limbs grow back, you know. So I don't know. It's just exciting. I, I love that word. Speaking about the power, that's I was reading out of the Amplified and we go following along, and it said that uh, you know uh, it removes the penalty without being weakened by the flesh. And it says here, man's nature without the Holy Spirit. So there's where your power is coming from. So that's where your dude and this power is coming from is the is the Holy Spirit. And it talks about how he, he he died that we could have the Holy Spirit because man's flesh didn't have the Holy Spirit until he paid that penalty for us. Yeah. So that, that, I just we're thought, completely powerless. Right. I just yeah. thought that was like really good. That is good. I like that. Okay. Continue. Yeah. Starting back up in verse five. Uh, this is what really kind of spoke to me. It said that those who are motivated by the flesh only pursue what benefits themselves. But those who live by the impulses of the Holy Spirit are motivated to pursue spiritual realities. Yeah, I like that. For the mindset of the flesh is death, but the mindset controlled by the Spirit finds life and peace. That's so that takes us right back to that quote. Yeah. Yeah. This this says it a little different. The Amplified like adds a little bit to it. Mm -hmm. But uh, I'll just read it because it's really good. Yeah, go ahead. For those who are according to the flesh set their minds on things of the flesh, which gratify the body. But those who are living according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit, His will and His purpose. Now the mind of the flesh is death, both now and forever. Yeah. So I think that goes back to that principle. Perception yeah. determines reality. Your perspective on things. Uh, if your mind is set on kingdom mindset, you know, if your mind is set on heavenly things, which even, uh, I believe that's in Galatians, that, is it Galatians that he says if you set your mind on things above, not things below, things that are, you know, good, righteous, pure, holy, all those things, it's lovely, in the Bible, wherever it is. I think it's in Galatians, I can't remember, <laughs> but anyway, um, I think whenever we put our minds on those things, the outcome of that 
is exactly what it says here. The mindset controlled by the Spirit finds life and peace. And in such a time, like, during all this coronavirus stuff, I think whenever we set our minds on what's being said on, you know, CNN or the news or social media, when we set our minds on those things in a, in a state of worry or fear, the outcome of that is the antonym of this. You know what I'm saying? It's the opposite. You find death and you'll find worry. You'll find that panic feel. It's not peace. And, you know, I think that, um, again, even just going back to the original thing, like, what we fill ourselves up with matters. Right. And it's not that the news is a bad thing. It's not that being educated on what the current state of the world is in is bad. I don't think that's bad at all. I think we should be in the world, just not of it. And I think that, um, yeah, I think we just need to be cautious of how much we allow in. Okay. I think that for every amount of stuff that we put in that's in the world, we need to have twice as much God to balance that out. Well, I think you, you, hit, it, I think you hit it on the head. I think you said it, maybe not on accident, but you're talking about the, the peace that God gives you. Yeah. Well, even Jesus said, he goes, oh, here, take my peace with you. Yeah. You know, and if they reject it, take your peace and go. Yeah. You know, shake the dust you know, shake the dust off your feet and go. So I think a lot of it is that, that peace of the Lord because you spent time with Him yeah. and you take that with you everywhere. And I think that's what people see, that light, that peace. That, yeah. you know, which in in the, in Hebrew, it's shalom. And shalom means to uh, a peace that shatters chaos. Yeah. So when you see a chaotic world going on, you bring that shalom peace with you and it just, you know, and it just shatters the chaos and, and everything around good. it. That's I a really that. powerful word. You know, when you think of something being shattered, it makes me think of chaos, you know, yeah. something's breaking. But peace is so much more powerful that it shatters yeah. the chaos. Like, that's that's yeah. really powerful. Well, I mean, the Bible even says that the kingdom of heaven is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Whenever we walk in peace, when we walk in righteousness, it makes us as bold as young lions. Whenever we walk in, you know, this peace, it, it, I believe that it's it's a change agent in this chaotic world that we live in. That, you know, we can go into, uh, in our everyday lives, going into a Starbucks or going to the gas station, and somebody can be in complete panic and fear. And because of the peace that we carry, the kingdom that we carry, we can just touch their lives in just a short moment. And we may never know it. We may not even see it. But everywhere that we go and again it's it's the spirit that we're controlled by you know but in the everyday mundane tasks of going to get gas and going to get you know coffee every morning or dragging seemingly insignificant tasks yeah yeah and then it can have everlasting fruit you right. know right. well you good. said too you know um when you were talking you said that the mindset controlled by the spirit finds life and peace and the opposite of that yeah. is death and, and anxiety and worry and yeah and I've just been um, watching a video a little bit earlier of a couple of pastors that were doing a, a podcast. And they were talking about how, uh, you know, in the state of California, they've shut down all the churches. And there's, um, I forget what city it was, if it was Sacramento or uh, whatever it was. Some city in California said if uh, they find out the churches are trying to have services in their churches, they're going to shut off their power and their water to keep them from doing that. Man, it just oh, it just incensed me. I was so angry. But then they followed it immediately by saying, 
the um, the suicide rates, the uh, rates of depression and anxiety have shot through the roof. And it's not just about COVID. It's not just about um, it's not just about the things that are going on. You know, this health scare. It's about no one is allowed to go to the house of God and and yeah. be taught these things that you can have peace, that you can carry peace with you, that that God is with you, that He's going to heal you, that He's going to protect you, that He's going to you know. They don't have that peace that surpasses understanding, and that's what causes all these rates to shoot up. Yeah, sure. You know, and so um, there's, there's no hope. There's no right. hope apart right. from Jesus. Right. That's wow. good. That is good. That's, I didn't hear about that though either. That's, I know that there's a lot of stuff going on. I wish I would have written down like, the percentages. It was just crazy. It's ridiculous. Can we continue? Yeah. Okay. Um, started up again in verse 7. In fact, the mindset focused on the flesh fights God's plan and refuses to submit to his direction. That's a word. Because it cannot. For no matter how hard they try, God finds no pleasure with those who are controlled by the flesh. That's a word. But when the Spirit of Christ empowers your life, you are not dominated by the flesh, but by the Spirit. And if you are not joined to the Spirit of the Anointed One, you are not of Him. Now Christ lives his life in you, even, uh, and even though your body may be dead because of the effects of sin, his life-giving spirit imparts life to you, because you are fully accepted by God. Yes, God raised Jesus to life, and since God's spirit of resurrection lives in you, he will also uh, raise your dying body to life by the same spirit that breathes life into you. I love that. That just goes, I love it whenever... Um, some of the different people from school would talk about just like the unity with Christ that we were co-crucified, -cru co co-buried, co-resurrected, and now co-seated in heavenly places. Mm -hmm. Oh, co-ascended and then co-seated in heavenly places with Christ. That we are in in unity with Christ. That we are one with the beloved. Well, that was his last prayer before he went to the cross. Lord, let them be one yeah. as we are one. And, you know, my mind. and be one with us. And like you know, it's yeah. powerful. That and that he would even want to. Yeah. yeah. That, that Jesus would even want to align himself yeah. with people that time and again turned against him, you know, fought him, mocked him, yeah. killed him, you know, um, that he would still love us that mm -hmm. way. Yeah. And it, it says here um, that you just read, it says you are fully accepted by God. That was how uh, verse, I can't read that number, I think it's... 10, that's yeah. how verse 10 ends, fully accepted by God. There's there's yeah. no part of you that he doesn't love. Yeah. He fully accepts you. And and then he cleans you up. That's his job, mm. is to help you get cleaned up. But he takes you just like you are, yeah. and he loves every single piece of you. Mm. I, that just, I don't know, that just blows me away every time I think about God's love. I think it's awesome. That I've heard different songs, and I think it might even be scripture. I, haven't, I can't think of it off the top of my head, but that God's made up his mind about us. Mm -hmm. That yeah. his mind can't be changed. He's already set his mind on us. That he loves us. I think that's powerful. You know, rereading this again, too, just like going through this, it reminded me of what God was speaking to me about in church today. You know, I was kind of sharing with you guys beforehand. Of um, I, Pastor Matt was preaching today and just kind of talking about 
uh, some geological or geographical, geographical. yeah, not geological, yeah. geographical significances of where Jesus was at in, a, in his sermon. He was in Caesarea Philippi, and he was just talking about like the different things in there and the importance of that. And um, you know, I often overlook you know some of the things that I hear a lot of, but I've heard a lot of times you know about you know there's nothing wasted in the Bible. You know, everywhere Jesus went, the the name of the city has purpose for being there. He has purpose for the time, the location, the everything. It has detail. And as Pastor Matt was just kind of explaining all the significances of it, I was just sitting there thinking, like, man, nothing was wasted in Jesus' life. Everywhere he went had multiple things that you could get from it. Like, it's just like, uh, what do they call that? Like, uh, like layers or layer um what is it where do you like it multiplies oh um i don't know i forgot <laughs> nevertheless but like it compounds or whatever like compounds like the more you look at it i don't know just the more stuff you can get out of it but i was just kind of praying to god while he was um just kind of talking to him whenever he was talking about that and i was just saying like god i want my life to be like that that no matter where i go uh, no matter what I'm doing, that it can speak to somebody that it has significance that I can look back on and say, okay, well, uh, this is what this meant. You know, just like to live my life like Jesus. I was talking to him about it. And I don't know, the Lord just spoke to me in just such a clear way. And he said, Jake, what makes you think I'm not doing that already? And I think it's so easy to look at my life and see all the messes and say, my goodness, how could God possibly want me to be here? I'm not where God wants me to be. Look at all this nonsense that's going on, you know, and like, I feel like I need to align myself with the Lord. But actually, I'm already in alignment. You know, I'm one with Christ. He's already bought and purchased. It's not by my works that aligns me back with Christ. It's Christ's blood that aligns me with himself. And that everywhere that I go has purpose. And it's not that I'm living everything perfectly. But the fact of the matter is, I'm right where God wants me. And that as, as long as I'm pursuing him... He has me right where he wants me. Yeah. I think that's so awesome that, you know, especially in time like now, like with coronavirus, everybody's in a panic and a frenzy of, you know, worry. It's like God's got you right where you, right where you're supposed to be. I love what Pastor Matt even talks about today. He says it a lot with just like, you know, the top ten things God never says, you know, is that I'm surprised you're here today. You know, God's not surprised by life. He's not surprised by where we go, by where we end up, you know. Well, the Bible says that he, he makes our path straight. So if he's making our path, yeah. he's definitely not surprised by where we are on that journey. I think we get surprised because we get ahead of him. Yeah. And we think, oh, well, this is what it should look like, or this is where we think we're going. And then when it doesn't end up that way, we're like, oh, well, here I am all off my course, and, and yeah. this isn't where I'm supposed to be right now. And God's like, yeah. no, I'm, if you're off course, I can redirect you. Keep yeah. your eyes on me, and I'll keep you moving in the right direction. Yeah. And that even reminds me of what Pastor Ryan used to preach about in youth a long time ago, as he was talking about how a lot of times the enemy wants you to think that we're climbing a spiritual ladder, you know, that we go with God so far and then ever we fail or we mess up and, and sin or whatever, that we all of a sudden fall back down to the bottom of the ladder and we have to climb back up to where we were. But we actually fail forward towards the cross. That every time we mess up, when we get back up, we're closer to God than what we were before. That we don't have to feel like we got knocked all the way back and restart from the beginning. That we're actually further along there. That God picks up the pieces and He continues. 
you know? So, I don't know, that just speaks to me. Yeah, it does. You want me to keep reading? Uh, you can go through uh, 13, I'll pick up a 14. Okay. Is that where we stopped? Uh, you stopped at 12. Yeah. Right, 12. Yeah. So then, beloved ones, the flesh has no claims on us at all, and we have no further obligation to live in obedience to it. That's good. For when you live controlled by the flesh, you are um, about to die. But if the life of the Spirit puts to death the corrupt ways of the flesh, we then taste His abundant life. You got that? The mature children of God are those and only those, I have written in the margins. <laughs> the mature children of God are those who are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. We don't just know what the impulses are, but we're moved mm. by them. And you did not receive the spirit of religious duty, leading you back into the fear of never being good enough. Oh, that's good. But you have received the spirit of full acceptance, mm. enfolding you into the family of God, and you will never feel orphaned. Yeah. For as he rises up within us, our spirits join him in saying the words of tender affection, Beloved Father, or Abba Father. For the Holy Spirit mm. makes God's fatherhood real to us as he whispers into our innermost being, You are God's beloved child. I have tears in my eyes right now. Hold on. <laughs> I'm going to finish this paragraph and I'm going to go back. Uh, and since we are his true children, we qualify to share and haul all his treasures. For indeed, we are heirs of God himself. And since we join to Christ, we also inherit all that he is and all that he has. And we will experience being co-glorified with him provided we accept his sufferings as our own. Wow. Man, that, I just love that so much. That just moves my heart. Um, I was saying a little bit earlier, uh, when it says here in verse, I'm getting the old lady glasses thing going on here. Um, I guess it's still 14. It says, oh no, it's, 15. And you did not receive the spirit of religious duty, leading you back into the fear of never being good enough. And that is the old familiar lie. You know, that that lie of that, that has been whispered into my heart by the enemy for my whole lifetime. Is, your, is that you're not good enough. Like you are not, you're not smart enough, you don't have enough money, you don't have nice enough clothes, your house isn't good enough. You're, you don't have the education that you need for that job. You you are not the greatest mom. Like all these things of my whole life, the enemy has whispered that same lie. You are just not enough. And God is like, no, no, I fully accept you. The spirit of full acceptance, complete sonship. Like it is just so amazing to me. Like it crushes that lie of the enemy that says that you're not good enough. And he's like, no, no, no. You are more than enough. With Christ in you, you are more than enough. And it's just such a reassurance to me. Like, as soon as I read that, the, uh, I don't know, a few months back I read that, and I think I bawled for an hour. I mean, it was just so incredible. Um, you had something to say about that? Yeah, in the Amplified, they call that slavery. It doesn't put you back into slavery. Yeah. So I just thought that was powerful. Uh, it correlated with, you know, being bound up and being a slave to those feelings. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. uh, 
Well, you become a prisoner of that lie. When you feel like you're never good enough, you're always striving. And striving doesn't sound like God at all. No. You know, you're always striving to be. And and God is just like, just, just be. Like, I'll show you how to be. I'll help you be that. But don't, when you get into this striving mentality, yeah. it's a prison. And it keeps you locked up. And it keeps you from, um, you know, reaching your potential. You're never satisfied. Even if you get the education. Well, okay, so I've got my my associate's degree or I better get my my master's bachelor's whatever whatever I don't know I don't have a degree so I don't really know but you know you're never satisfied you always want more you know whatever it is if you have a better job and you make more money you're going to spend more money well now I need another job you know because it's just not enough mm -hmm. and there's just that prison that keeps you locked up that you're not good enough um, but when you become a, a, a child of God and you know that you're a child of God you're not an orphan anymore. You're not trying to look like somebody else or be somebody else because you're a child of the king. I mean, what's better than that? Mm. <laughs> you know? I really, really like verse 16. I've never really thought this before. But the way it worded it, it said, For the Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us. Mm. I think that's interesting. That it doesn't say Jesus made it real to us. That was God's only son. And you'd think that, like, if somebody was to show us God's fatherhood, it would be his own son. But it's actually the Holy Spirit that lives and dwells on the inside of us. Because honestly, his workings, what he does in and through us, is nothing but the will of the fathers. He's our direct access point to the Father. And I think that's why sometimes in other denominations or, you know, whatever, you know, it's people that might put out Holy Spirit. I think sometimes there's, um, at least in my experience, what I've seen is whenever you put out Holy Spirit, there's a lot of an orphan spirit over that person, an orphan mentality. And that makes sense now because Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us. That whenever you're not feeling that fathering from the Holy Spirit, it leaves so much room for the enemy to come in and to just twist and destroy it. And I think fathering, like, well, fathering, that's also disciplining, too. And who brings conviction? Holy Spirit. Right. You know? The love of the Father comes through the presence of God, which is through the Holy Spirit. You know? It, it makes sense. I've just never picked up on that. That's really good. I love how intimate it is in the Passion Translation when it says that the Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us as he whispers into our innermost being, yeah. you are God's beloved child. Like how, like I can feel that. Like where he just draws you close and he is whispering to you. You know, like I think Matt talked about that. Pastor Matt talked about that today. Uh, or maybe he did it Saturday, whatever day. Yeah. Um, someone recently, I think it was him, was talking about how um, when you really want someone to pay attention, when you have a when you have a child and you want them to, to know um, how much you love them, like you draw them close. You speak softly to draw them close. I don't know where I heard that, but um, it's not important because it resonated with me. Right. You know, and and how how God whispers um, with the intention of drawing you in close to Him. Because if you were loud, you could hear Him from far off. Um, but He whispers so that you'll get close. Yeah. Oh man, I just love that. We should let Dad read the next one because I know it's <laughs> one of his favorite scriptures. Yeah. Where we at? 19. Well, did we did we go through everything that we want to go through on here? 
There's a lot in there. Because there was just... The, the other thing that stood out is yeah. that all of this, it says we will experience being co-glorified with him, provided that we accept his sufferings as our own. And right. so many of us get hung up on that. Like, when the sufferings come, we're like, God, like deliver me. God, you know, you got to free me from this. God, you got to take this take this from me. You know, yeah. and there's nothing wrong with praying that. Jesus prayed that prayer. You know, if it's your will, take this cup from me. Yeah. Paul prayed that prayer, you know. Remove this this thorn in my side or whatever it was. You know, this iniquity, not iniquity. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Anyway, you know, remove this from me. And, and Jesus never did. Um, because sometimes those sufferings are are needed and required, yeah, yeah. and there's purpose in it, and we may not see the purpose, and so instead of being downcast and and disheartened when God doesn't immediately deliver us from these things, or maybe He never delivers us from some things here on this earth, um, you know, that we just know that it's because He's it for something. He didn't give it to us. He didn't hurt us. He didn't, you know, if make us sick or whatever. But he's using it. Yeah. For his glory. And I think, you know, I agree with all that too. But like, uh, sometimes I think he lets it linger because he wants you to adore him even in your suffering. It's like yeah, Eric Gilmore is one of my favorite. And he talks about adoration. Adoration is putting you where you belong and putting God where he belongs. That's what adoration yeah. is, and it's just it's just powerful to think that because it doesn't matter what you're going through, as long as you're at His feet and you're adoring Him and you're beholding the Lamb of God, that that's enough. Yeah. My grace is sufficient. Yeah. Yeah. Well, everything I mean, else gets a lot smaller. It's like that song, "Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus," right. and everything else just seems to grow dim. Yeah. yeah. Trials and tribulations have a really good way of humbling us. And I love what Eric Gilmore says. He's, oh, I got the quote because the way he words it is just so good. He, um, he says, just as water seeks to fill the lowest place, when you go low, the Holy Spirit will rush in to fill you. Here's the reason why so many are dry. It's because they are too high. Mm. I love that because yeah. trials and tribulations, man, they'll knock you down and they'll get you at a place of humility. But the thing about being knocked down is that you're close to his feet. Yeah. And so when you go low and go slow, there is, again, that it, it fill, water fills the lowest place. And he comes in with his presence. And he rushes in. And you'll feel intimacy with God like you never had before, you know, whenever you're with you know, difficulties, you know. Some of the worst times in my life is the time I've been closest to God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I hear that. You want to read this one? Yeah. Sure, sure. I know it's just one of your favorite scriptures. Yeah, this is my favorite scripture, like, for even the whole earth, all creation, nature, waits eagerly for the children of God to be revealed or to be made manifest. That's just, all of creation is waiting for us to step in, for us to step into what we're supposed to do, to to pick up Jesus' ministry where he left off and walk like him. All of creation groans and waits for that to happen. Yeah. It's just, that blows my mind. Yeah. You know, um, creation is waiting on us. People are dying and going to hell because people aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing. Yeah. You know, just simply, you know, just following Christ. Yeah. You know, it's just, it amazes me. It amazes me how much of a 
that he puts on to us. That he he wants us to defeat the devil. God can defeat the devil like that. That's no there's no comparison. God is uncreated, God is God. Devil's created, he was an angel. So there is no comparison. Right. They're not that, opposites. They're not they're, oppo not, they're not opposite. They're not equals. No. So God wanted the devil to be defeated by man. That's his that's his whole plan. And all of creation is waiting for us to do that. Yeah. Creation groans and cries out for us to step up and be who we're supposed to be. I uh, think it's beautiful. I mean, even in just like what you see out there today, you know, with, with all the racial tension, with all the political tension, with all the, you know, even Pastor Matt was talking about you know, the face mask tension. Some people are fighting over face masks. Yeah. There's all this tension and there's all this strife and things just getting stirred up. And it's creation groaning. Groaning doesn't look like begging you for like, oh, Christians, we need you. No, they don't know Jesus. They don't. They're not going to say that. Creation groans in pain, and pain lashes out. And there's you even know? more than that. There's yeah. the wildfires. There's the earthquakes. How many earthquakes yeah. went yeah. off? Yeah, even in, nature. What was it, yeah. Colorado the other day? Like twenty different earthquakes. I think it was ninety. Like oh wow, ninety earthquakes oh, in yeah. one day. You know, tsunamis and and all yeah. these things that we've seen, like like yes. birth pains. You know, they they've come. And they, they just keep increasing in intensity. Mm -hmm. yeah. These hurricanes, we had two hurricanes in the same place, basically at the same time. I, no one's ever seen that before. Yeah. You know, it's like creation itself. It's not just the people. It is creation itself. It's the earth. It's mm -hmm. everything that God created is crying mm -hmm. out. Yeah. And I think that what I was going to say about that was just the fact that we can look at that groaning as... Oh my, it's getting closer to the end times. She's going to be back. Oh, it's going to get worse before it gets better. You know what I'm saying? We can have that view. Mm. Or we can see that as an invitation to manifest Jesus, like it says. All of creation is groaning for us to manifest Jesus. It's not a time for us to shrink back and to say, Oh my, it's getting bad. We better stay locked up in our rooms with our Bibles and pray and you know, see no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil, and hopefully there won't be any evil. It's actually a time for us to step it up. That this is an invitation for us to manifest Christ yeah, when we been, see those things. Yeah, God's been speaking to me through dreams and stuff the two that since the beginning of the year that this is going to be the greatest awakening we've ever seen. There's going to be a harvest of souls like we've never seen. God's going to pour His Spirit out like we've never seen. Yeah, and it's coming. Yeah, but you also got to think too when that's happening, the devil's going to have a reaction. Yeah, so that's why you're seeing the COVID and the racial tension and the, you know I mean it's his last ditch effort he knows he knows he loses so he's trying to drag as many people with him he's a cut off withering branch he has no hope yeah so it's his last ditch effort so like I'm, I'm just you know you know I'm just saying like I think the greatest outpouring of God's spirit is just like on the cusp we're that's about, that's the way God operates yeah. he goes from glory to glory it doesn't go from bummer to bummer. I love it when right. Todd says that, you know. Yeah. <laughs> he goes from glory to glory. It's not glory to glory, and sometimes, every once in a while, the devil gets to dig in, and all of a sudden our church shrinks back a little bit, but we'll, we'll build back up. No, that's not how it works. We go from glory to glory. It only gets better. Yeah. Like, the world looks worse, but the church should always <clears throat> look better. Yeah. We are his bride. We're set apart. We are sanctified, set apart. 
And we should be going from glory to glory to glory. When the going gets tough, the tough get going. And I believe that the church is going to see a greater outpouring because of these difficulties. I think the enemy is trying to pin us down because he thinks it's going to discourage us. But true lovers of God are going to be encouraged by this. And we're going to go into greater glory. We're going to go into greater depths of him that we couldn't have gone into if it wasn't for the other things. You know? Yeah, I agree. So it's, just, it's God's nature. It yeah. makes sense. Yeah. I think the, the pull that it has on me, um, you were talking about, you know, it's not a time to go hide in your closet. And, right. You know, oh, Jesus, come save us. Yeah. Jesus, come shut her down, man. It's getting bad here. Come come get us out of this. Turn to a Minnesotan. Minnesotan. It's bad out here now. Don't, Don't you know? Yeah. Uh, we're we're that. Anyway. Um, <laughs> now you made me lose my track. Uh, Sorry. <laughs> Uh, oh, the way I feel about it is like I'm feeling um, I'm feeling a, a lot stronger just pull from God yeah. of like I don't want to come back yet because they're not ready. There's so many people out yeah. there that aren't ready and they don't know and we're not I'm not saying the three of us but we can't get them all, right? But the church as a whole, we're not doing our job. We've got to get out there and talk to people and love on them like Christ and invite them not to church, church too, but into a relationship with Jesus. Yeah. Then bring them to church so they can grow, you yeah. know? But, like, we've got to do that as Christians. We've got to step up our game and the harvest, get that harvest pulled in. It is ready. There are people who are afraid. They're hiding. They're sick. They're stressed out. They're losing income. You know, there's all these tensions. Some people are just, their fear is ridiculous. And fear only comes from the enemy. That is not ever of God. Yeah. And it is our job to take the gospel, north, south, east, and west, to all four corners of the world, and tell every single human being about the goodness of God. And we have to step it up and stop shrinking back and saying, well, God, just save us. Like, oh, whew, I made it. I'm in. Let's go. No. Fill the bus, yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. Let's. We need to get people in there with us, and so that they're not left behind. I don't think you even have to have the right words or be eloquent in a speech, or you know, because like Paul said, I don't come to you with eloquence of speech. I come to you with you by the power of the Holy Spirit, and that's what the world needs right now. It needs to be touched by the power of God. They can hear a thousand great messages on on online. Yeah, that's not what they need. They've been to church. Most of the most of America has been to church at some point in time, yeah. or know something about it. They've heard. Yeah, they need to be touched by the power of God to be like, wow, this is totally yeah. real. God is real, and God is drawing me. Yeah, I mean, you know, and that's what they're growing for. That's what they're waiting for. Yeah, you know? I and think it's through an authentic encounter with Christ as well yes. that. All creation is groaning. And the only way, you know, you come in power. Something Pastor Jack said to me whenever I first let him know that, you know, some at some point I felt called to ministry. And, you know, going to Texas to pursue ministry school and stuff like that. He said to me, he says, Jake, he goes, this is something that somebody told me. And he said, and I'll tell you. He says, the greatest testimony that you'll ever give is your life. Your life lived. Your greatest testimony is your life lived, is what he said. 
And I think that goes back to even what our scripture said, or our first uh, quote said, that it's the insignificant things in daily life yeah. that show what the Spirit really possesses us. It's through our everyday mundane tasks, how we respond in those things, that that's what's going to touch the world. We can't walk in power unless we walk in Christ. Yes. Right. And if we're not, the, the way we walk in Christ, he says, follow me. Not, hey, Jesus, come with me. Right. But we follow him. Yeah. And it's in every single day tasks, you know, just kind of looping it back together and tying it together. Yeah. yeah. That's There's how we so touch the world, is in everyday life. Yeah, we're I think like this might be, through. yeah, I think this might be like a part <laughs> two, because we are, it's 45 minutes in, so... Well, probably 10 minutes was us being stupid in the beginning that we're going to edit out. So, nevertheless. <laughs> but still, I do think it's a good time to wrap it up, and we'll catch catch back up on this uh, mm -hmm. maybe in the next one. Yeah, part two. Yeah, that was good. Awesome. Well, I'm glad that you guys were you able to... You want to Yeah. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, glad, <laughs> glad you guys were able to hang with us, and, and uh, I hope that in some way this encouraged you, ministered to you, um, you know, just cause you to get out your Bible and, and look at it yourself and talk to God and see what he's going to say to you through these scriptures or yeah. other scriptures he may lead, lead you to. Um, I do want to say that if there are people that don't know who Christ is as their own Savior, um, you know, I just, I really want to invite you to, uh, to, to invite him in yeah. and allow him to be the Lord of your life. It is... Um, the best decision you could ever make. It is truly the answer to every problem you'll ever face. It is the hope that is um, missing from whatever, whatever situation feels hopeless in your life. And, um, you know, it's, it's not certain words in a prayer. It's not, um, you know, this ritual of, of going through things. It's just talking to God and saying, I feel like you're drawing me, and I want to receive Jesus as my Savior. I believe that he lived. I believe that he died. I believe he was the son of, is the Son of God. I believe he rose from the dead, and I just I want to be forgiven, and I'm asking you to take, up, take my life. Take it and, and make it whatever you want it to be, and help me be who you created me to be. Yeah. You know, you have that conversation with God, and he'll take you up on it. It's yeah. not a... Uh, set a bunch of words. Just take your heart before the Lord and give it to Him, yeah. and your whole world will change. I'm just going to show you. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, um, close the prayer. Yeah. All right. All three of us. One of us. One, three of us might take a long time. It, yeah. it could. I imagine I'm probably not allowed to pray because I do pray for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> well, want me to pray? Do you want David to pray? I'll pray. I don't care. Yeah, pray. Okay. Go ahead. Lord, I just thank you for this time and just uh, to touch people and uh, maybe get to know new people through this. And yeah. I pray that you just uh, minister and touch people where they need to be touched, Lord. Pray you make yourself real and evident to them. Pray you show up in their dreams. Just touch them. Let them know that you're there. Pray that you just overwhelm them with your spirit, your peace, and your love. I just pray you... Uh, just bless each person that's seen this podcast, Lord. I just uh, love on them. In Jesus' name, amen. Mm -hmm. Good deal. Thanks again. We'll see you next week.